Well, let's look at Ephesians uh, 5.17. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about full of the Spirit. Um, we're not going to cover everything we covered before, but, you know, uh, we're just going to go a little bit further, cover a little bit different aspects this morning. If you weren't with us, you can go listen. There's just been two messages. You can go back and listen to those. Ephesians 5.17, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to your heart, or in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So just see, we're going to read a couple scriptures and then uh, go on. But here it says, back in verse 17, be filled, be filled with the Spirit. And then it says some things, uh, some indications of being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Being full of the Spirit, you're full of God. You're full of Him. You, you are overflowing. You can see it right here. Just an overflow. You, you are, you, the Word is coming out of you. Song is coming out of you. You're submitting to one another. You're, you're walking in love. And so if we're going to do what we're called to do on this earth as Christians, we're, we need to be full of the Spirit of God. Now we talked uh, well, let's go. Let's read the next verse. This is a couple verses that we've already read. Acts 4, 29. Here's another example. Throughout, there's just a, a lot of places where it talks about being filled with the Spirit and full of the Spirit. It says, Now, look on, now Lord, look on their threats. This is after Peter and John ministered to a man at the beautiful gate, gate called Beautiful. And then the religious leaders uh, came down on them and threatened them and... Uh, so this is after that they've gone to their companions to their own company and they're praying together. Verse 29 says, Now, Lord, look on their threats <clears throat> and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. So here you say they're, they're filled with the Spirit. They're, they're speaking the Word of God with boldness. So in other words, they're, they're bold to do what God has called them to do. Now we, um, you know, the first message a couple weeks ago, you know, we just kind of flew over. We talked about different places where it was talking about people doing things and they're full of the spirit we also touched on and then teach and then uh, taught on it in depth last week about the the baptism in the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues so the bible talks about being filled with the spirit and the initial evidence of being filled with the spirit we saw it over and over if you weren't with us go back and listen to it we go through scripture go through all the biblical examples go through and we're going to touch on maybe a little of that today but we really got it something else that we're focusing on but the Bible talks about the filling of the Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and the initial evidence, in other words, how would you know, is, is speaking in other tongues. And we see everyone that was in the upper room, all the disciples, Mary the mother of Jesus, all of them were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says the Spirit of God came upon them, and they uh, spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that's the initial evidence. You see it over and over in the Word where people were filled, and then there was that. So... 
We talked about maintaining, and we may touch on this a little bit in relation to what we're talking about today, but we talk about you, you if you're filled with the Spirit initially, maintaining that and yielding yourself and speaking other tongues is something that is important. It's not a secondary thing, and that's one way you stay filled up. Now, this you see it over and over, and we read some of these verses where it talks about them being full of the Spirit. Here they're praying, they're filled with the Spirit. There's a place where it talks about... Uh, the, the actual language is being, being, being filled. So you can be filled over and over. You're, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, but you could have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You could have been full of the Spirit at one time, but today you are dry, you know, as an old crust of bread. So it's not automatic that you stay full of the Spirit. Did you hear me? That, and that's, it, it doesn't, we're not talking about glory days of, you know, remember back when I was high school, when I was doing this and wasn't that awesome? Oh, we can talk about that stuff, but it's what, what's going on now? If all we talk about is what used to happen, then there's something wrong. And spiritually speaking, that's the same thing. You know, remember when we were just on fire for God and we had everything? No, uh, we want to walk in things. And part of that is we need to be filled and stay full of the Spirit of God so we're able to do what He would call us to do. You, you see um, here in Acts, they're talking about they're bold. Well, they, they, these are the same people that just a few chapters before were, it says, were filled with the Spirit and began to speak with their tongues. Now, just a, couple, a few chapters later, of course, you know, time-wise, it's not that far because they had come out and uh, got this man healed. It wasn't a ton of time. Now they're being persecuted. Now they're all gathered together again. And now it says they're praying together and they're saying, Lord, give us boldness because the, the establishment's coming down on them. This is not a light thing. They're coming down and they're threatening them. And, and they're, they're telling them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And so they're coming together. And the Bible says they were filled with the Spirit and they were filled with boldness. They were bold. Well, they, it just talked about them being full of the Spirit. Well, now they got something in front of them, and they need to be full. And it's not enough to have been filled and full before. Well, you want to maintain that. You want to be full so that you're ready for today because we leak. We leak just being in the world. Just You're going out in the world. You don't just stay full just because you had an experience with God, just because you heard the Word of God. No more than you are full of the steak dinner you ate three weeks ago. Or whatever. Ooh, I remember when I had that. It was so good. When was that? That was three years ago. Well, are you filled? No, I mean, that's, you don't have, I mean, you may still have some of it on you. You know, we are what we eat. But as far as energy and everything, that's long since past. It's the same thing spiritually. We, we have to stay full. You have to eat good spiritual meals. Speak, uh, spiritual. That's, why, that's why we gather together like this. Yes, we should read the Bible on our own. Yes, we should have a personal relationship with God. Yes, we need to um, stay built up. That's part of it. And then, that, then you need to have good spiritual meals and hear the word. This is part of it. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering yourselves together. You know, so there, it's all together. We don't negate one thing, but we need to stay full. We want to just be overflowing. Like if you look at a, go back and look at Ephesians again. This is not the picture of some, somebody that is just dried up and, you know, everything happened 
three years ago, and boy, I just, but, I, but today I'm facing it, and I just feel so inadequate facing whatever I'm dealing with today. Verse 18 says, do not be drunk with wine, well, of course, which is dis dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Where do those come from? They come from your heart. They, come, they don't come out of your head. They come out of your heart. What's your heart? Your spirit. We're going to talk about that. But they come out of your heart, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the Lord. So the, the things of God, God, is, the part of you that's born again is your spirit. And so the things of God, they come out of your heart, your spirit, so you want to stay connected and built up and overflowing there. Now we're going to talk about uh, something specific related to that today. Look at Romans 8.14. All these things go together. Everything that we do uh, in the will of God and in the plan of God, they really... Uh, the things we need on this earth, they come out of our heart. We, and we, uh, well, let me read this and then we'll go over to, we're going to read some other scriptures, but Romans eight fourteen, it says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, Again, to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit himself, talking about the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, with our spirit. He doesn't bear witness with your head. He doesn't bear witness, you know, with your flesh, your body. Your body may say, no, I don't want to do, I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to go to church. I want to sleep. Spirit of God's not bearing witness with your flesh. Your flesh is your flesh. Your flesh is, it'll do whatever you tell it to do. But default, you let it go. We all know where that's going to lead. I mean, you're going to eat all the potato chips you want. You're going to do everything. You, you know, you, you're not going to go to the gym. You're not going to do, no, because your flesh just wants to do what it wants to do. But it'll do what you tell it to do. But that's not the part that God is bearing witness with. But verse 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Let's look at this in the CEB. It says, all, all who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. In other words, if you're God's son and daughter, you are led by the Spirit of God. In other words, that's not a unique thing. So somebody said, well, what, you're saying you can be led by God? The Bible says we can be led by God. Number one way you're going to be led by God is by the word of God. So if somebody said, I don't ever hear from God. God never speaks to me. Start reading your Bible. Just pick up your Bible and start reading it. That is alive, quickened by the Holy Spirit, and you'll see God will bear witness with you and teach you and enlighten you and encourage you and build you up on the inside through the Word of God. You will get direction. You will get help through the Word of God. Number two, then, he's going to lead you and guide you by his spirit leading your spirit. Not your head, by your spirit. And so we'll talk more about that. But just say this, what he leads you on the inside and in the spirit of God will always, 100% of the time, agree with the word of God. God will never lead you in a way that contradicts what Scripture says. And if anybody tells you, 
Yes, I'm, God's leading me. And you can think of a single scripture that contradicts it. It's not God leading it. I'm talking about as long as you're rightly dividing the word. Now, you could misunderstand something and you don't understand what they're saying. And, of course, there could be that. But we're saying if there is somebody saying, you know, I'm doing this, I believe this is God. And it contradicts verses. You know, somebody, this is an outrageous example, but has happened. Not, not anybody here, not anybody that I know, okay? You know, secondary examples. You know, people say, well, I, you know, I'm, I, I believe God's married or leading me to marry that woman. The problem is she's married to somebody else. That's not God. How do we know that the Bible t- clearly tells us? Because that's adultery. The Bible says you stay with the one that you're married to. So we know that's not God. Okay, that's an extreme, obvious example, but you just back it in. People say, well, God's leading me to do this. And you're like, mm, but the Bible says so. No, God will always, always, always lead us in line with his word. But it says here, reading the CEB, verse 14, all who are led by God's spirit are God's sons and daughters. So we ought to expect to be led by the spirit of God as his children. Verse 15, you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you you are adopted as children, as his children. With this, with this spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the same spirit, the spirit, spirit that's telling you and showing you that you're his children, child, the same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. That spirit is how you're being led, bearing witness with what? Your spirit. Not your head. Look at the Amplified Classic, verse 16. It says, The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. So that we read in verse 14, it says that you're led. All that, those that are led by God's Spirit are His sons and daughters, are His children. Here it says, so in verse 16, He testifies with our own spirit or bears witness with our own spirit or agrees with our spirit that we're children of God. So that's how God's going to lead you, by a bearing witness with your heart in line with His Word. So what's, his, what's the heart? Look at, um, well, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. If you can skip down one, and then we'll go back up to, the, to Proverbs. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So the Bible says, and it teaches throughout, that we are a spirit. They just talked about our heart, our spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. So your spirit is the real you. The spirit is the part of you that's lined up and is... Um, born again, when we say we get born again, that's a biblical term, that's not a Christian, uh, just a religious term, but uh, Jesus said you must be born again. But when you're talking about being saved, being born again, your spirit is made a new creation. When we look at Corinthians, it says that you, you are a new creature, you're a new creation. What part of you? When you? So when you trust on the Lord Jesus, when you come and it, the Bible says in Romans 10 that if you confess the Lord Jesus, confess in your heart or believe, uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, what happens? The Bible says that we become a new cre- creature. What part of you becomes a new creature? 
We know somebody comes up and says, I believe on the Lord Jesus. I believe that he has raised me from the dead or he was raised from the dead. And I, I acknowledge it and I confess him. So the Bible says you're saved. You do that from the heart. And then the Bible says that you are recreated. You're a new creation. Well, somebody comes up to get prayed for or to, to acknowledge that. What part of them becomes new? We're looking at them. You know, if they had brown hair before they, they, they uh, confessed Jesus, they still have brown hair. You know, their eye color didn't change. Nothing, their clothes didn't change. I mean, they're, they're the same outwardly. So we know it's not the body. Your mind, so let's just stop right here. Your spirit is the real you. We know what the body is. That's easy, right? Well, process of elimination, your, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It's not your spirit. It's not your body. It's that part of you, your consciousness, and you will have that. That'll, that you'll still have. We could teach on that. But you see the uh, rich man and Lazarus, Jesus gave, uh, gave that account, and he said the rich man died, and Lazarus was there, and they could, he recognized. You could, they could recognize each other. They could talk. They remembered. So they had, they had the, you don't just, you know, your memory isn't flushed. So your mind, will, and emotion is your soul. Well, if somebody gets born again, do they suddenly get reset and recreated their mind? Because that would mean you don't know how to talk. You forgot everything you learned in school. You don't know your name. It, get, it would get reset like you just erased a flash drive. Well, that didn't get new. So it's your spirit that became born again. It's your spirit that became recreated. That's the part of you that's alive to God. And so we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. What's the part that God's bearing witness with? What's the part that God is leading us? It's our spirit. What are we talking about? Being full of the spirit, being, being full in spirit. That means your spirit is connected with God. You can be connected with God, but you're conscious of it. You're overflowing with it. You're, it's a living, vital uh, state. Well, it's not talking about your head. That means your head could be thinking, Thoughts that are like, well, you know, I don't, I don't understand, you know, what God's saying to me leading. It, he's not bearing witness with your head. Well, I don't understand how that could possibly happen. Well, we don't understand a lot of things. That's okay. See, if we understand that, we won't get caught up. Well, I need to understand this first. You're going to be waiting for a long time sometimes. You know, explain to me how, how Jesus, the Son of God, came to the earth, was born of a virgin... And then went to the cross and bore the sins and sickness and pains of all of humanity. Explain specifically, logically, how that happened. You can't. You have to take it by faith. And see, that's what people trip up. Well, that's impossible. <laughs> impossible to who? There's a whole lot of things that are impossible to me. You watch, you watch the World Cup? You ever watch the Super Bowl? There's a whole lot of things that are impossible to most of us. We'd be like, I can't do that. I saw there's a, you know, Instagram old Messi doing a trick shot, you know, where he kicks the ball through a, a hoop and, you know, the bottle flips over and still lands right side up. I mean, just to kick the ball through the hoop, how many times is it going to take most of us, you know, to throw a football, I don't know, 50, 60 yards, most of us not happening. Kick a field goal, that's really hard. I mean, it seems... It's much harder than it looks when you're, you're looking at a TV. You get there, where you're like, I got to kick it there? All the, those are impossible to us. But the, to these guys, man, they do it. But we're talking about God? Well, that's impossible. 
There's a whole lot of things that were impossible 100 years ago, two years ago, that are possible today. You know, we're looking at stuff. You could take a, the fact that people are carrying around an, uh, a watch, an Apple watch, that's, you know, from Dick Tracy a long time ago. That was impossible. <laughs> to have a little screen, that was just science fiction. Now people do it all the time. Impossible, the Bible says with men things are possible. With God, it's not. All things are possible. So when we have a problem with our head, we, we should, it, we're, God's telling us to do something, and we're like, I don't understand. Okay, you're in good company. Read the Bible. You know, Abraham was like, I don't see it. You know, he called him the father of many nations. He was Abram, high exalted father. That's what that means. And then he, God called him, you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm calling you Abraham. You're going to be a father of a multitude. And he is old. His wife's old. Looks impossible. So that's the way the Bible, that's the way, that, that's what we see in the Bible over and over. So we're talking about being led and being full of the Spirit. We need to know if we're full of the Spirit, then if God tells you something, it'll bear witness with your spirit. And you say, oh yeah, we can do that. And it's not bearing witness with your mind. He may tell you something, and this happens every single day, your flesh does not want to do it. Well, that should be no surprise. If you're waiting for your body, your flesh to go, oh yeah, let's go to do it. Let's get up and go to church. You got to tell it to do. Now it'll be it'll tell you afterwards. I'm glad we did that. Just like I'm glad we worked out. But the whole way there, it's fighting you. But when you get done, you ever notice that? You get done, boy, I'm glad we did that. It felt good. Next time you go, it's time to work out. I don't want to do that. I'm talking about, you know, your body'll talk to you. Not audibly, but it'll talk to you. Well, so if if you are if God's telling you to do something through his spirit, of course through his word, but we're talking about being full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So there's things, let me just insert this. There are things that you are going to have to be led by God on that the Bible doesn't specifically tell you for your life. It tells you generally, but the Bible doesn't tell you where to live. The Bible doesn't tell you who you should marry. The Bible doesn't tell you what job to take. It doesn't say, Jim Preston, you know, at this date you will move here. You will, you know, buy this house. You will uh, work at this place. It doesn't tell you. How are you going to get that information? How are you going to know what to do for your life? You're going to have to be led by the Spirit. It's always going to be in the framework of what God said in His Word. Those are the bumpers. That's the framework. But what He to is telling you specifically is not in the Word of God specifically for you. How are we going to know? We're going to have to be led. Well, if you're, if you're, um, Built up, full of the Spirit, close to Him, it's easier to be led. It's easier to know what to do. Whereas if we're like, we're, we're distant from the things of God, and I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about working it up. Because God has made a way for us to be right with God through Jesus, period. So we need to know that. But you can distance yourself. You can be like not esteeming the things of God. You can be not, not uh, excited about Him because you're, You've cooled down. You, you can be, so when you're, it's, it's harder. Don't we know that with relationships? Right? You could be more or less close to somebody. Is that true or not? You guys don't know what I'm talking about? Even spouses, right? You could be, I mean, uh, you know, honeymoon period. Everybody is happy. Is go, you know, you're talking all the time. Well, what happens? How could somebody ever grow to where they were distant from each other? They, they don't talk as much. They're not spending the time together, and it's, they, they grow apart. 
We know that with relationships. Well, God's not going to move. He doesn't go. He doesn't back away from us. And again, don't take this as a work. Oh, yes, I know. I should be getting back up. No, just take it as, what was I thinking? God's there all along. I'm coming right back in. He loves us. It's not working back to him. It's not trying to work real hard to get him to accept us. No, it's G Jesus made the way so that we could be right with God. We could just be like, wait a minute, I've been looking at the wrong thing. I've been distracted. I'm coming right back. I, enough of that. I don't like being dry. I'm being full of God. You know, if we're like, God, I just don't know. I just, I, it feels all confusing. I, I don't know. The Bible says God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. I just don't see. I don't hear you. Number one, get in the word of God. Start reading the Word. Just pick up the Bible anywhere and start reading. If you haven't read the Bible at all, you know, read the book of Psalms. Read Proverbs. In the New Testament, start with the book of John. Read Romans. Just start reading. And, and the, the Spirit of God will speak to you. As you do that, it's, you're getting acquainted with Him. You're spending time with Him. And so His voice, I say that, now I'm not talking about audible voice, on this, the, the, the leading on the insides, going to get more and more clear. You're going to be able to say, okay, this is what the Lord would have me to do. And that's what we want to be. We want to walk in the fullness of what He wants for us, being able to hear Him. Don't make it a hard thing to hear God. God knows how to speak with you, to, to you, wherever you are. He knows where you're at. And he knows he's so much higher than we are. He's been around forever, and we're just little children in his sight. Well, you know, you that are uh, adults, you, you change your communication based on who you're talking to if you're talking to a child. Is that not right? You don't talk to a three-year-old the same way you do uh, a high school senior. Hope not. Maybe there's some special cases where you've got to dumb it down and you know, you're talking to the senior the way you would a three-year-old. Hopefully not, but you're adjusting it, right? In normal circumstances, you as an adult are adjusting and you know how to get it across to them. I used this example before, but it'll bear repetition. If you have a class of you know, preschool students and they're going down to the park with the teachers and they're going to walk there, uh, if the teachers, you probably have one teacher in front, one teacher in the back at least, maybe some other helpers on the side, and you are making sure those preschoolers get to that park. You're leading them. You're making sure they're in, um, going the right way. You're making sure nobody falls behind. You are communicating with them at a level they can understand, right? If it's one of you guys and you're going to meet at the park and, and you're an adult or, you know, a Middle school, the kids do it all the time. They come downtown, middle school, high schooler. You, you don't have to walk them every step of the way or go or meeting at Starbucks. See you there. Right? And if you're walking them, you, you, you're going with a bunch of high schoolers. You don't have to coddle them the whole way. You're, you're leading them, and they're, they're staying, they're, they know how to follow. Now, you know, if somebody's being, getting into trouble, that's a different thing. But it's not that they don't understand you. Right? Well, it's the same way it is with God. God knows how to communicate with you. But how does he communicate? With your, in your spirit. Don't, don't make it hard. Like, oh, that's for the people that are just so advanced. There's no way I could hear from God. The Bible is full of people hearing from God. So we need to, in the New Testament's full of people hearing from God. And so we need to know that that's normal and that we can hear from him. Everybody say, I can hear the Lord. I can hear his direction. And I follow him. 
See, he is our good shepherd, and we can follow him. We can follow him. We can know what he's telling us to do. We can be led by him. Don't buy the lie that, oh, I just can't do it. No, you, we can. As children of God, we can. Let's look over at John 10, verse 1. John 10, verse 1. Jesus speaking. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him who the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Verse 4, when he brings out his own sheep, he, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus is saying, when um, the person that opens by the door, he is the shepherd. And the sheep know his voice. Go back to, we're going to read this more in uh, following script or verses, but look at verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Notice that. He calls them by name. Do you know God? God knows our name. That's not a cliche. It was a song, I remember. He knows my name. He, he, it's true. He knows much more than that. He knows everything about us. And so... He knows how to communicate with us in a way we'll understand. He knows how to get it across to us. And He knows if we're not getting it. And if we're just humble and we go after Him, He's going to make sure we hear. If He's got to send people across to tell you and to get it across to you or bring something in your, you know, to read something or have somebody say something, He's going to get it across to you and help you to listen. He knows. Young people, it's never too early to start hearing God. You can hear Him. If you're born again, if you're a Christian, if you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you can hear Him. And He can lead you. He can give you promptings on the inside. You can know in your heart how to, how to navigate life. And let me say this here. There is, this, there is nothing more valuable than knowing the plan of God for you. There is nothing more valuable than knowing what you're supposed to do in any given situation. Think about it. If you know the mind of God on a situation, you have your answer. There is nothing. So if you face any impossible situation that looks impossible, if you can hear from God, then you know the way through, you know the way over, you know the way out. Is that not true? You know what to do. He'll quicken you through His Word. He'll quicken you by His Spirit. He'll show you. You may say, there is no way. And if, if he, He'll give you the plan. He'll give you the direction to know how to go for it. There is nothing more valuable than that. So what we're talking about here, being able to hear, being led by the Spirit, is one of the most important things you can ever learn. To know how to hear God on this earth, know what you're supposed to do, know where you're supposed to go, know who you're supposed to marry, know what job you're supposed to take, know what God has for you is more important. Because then that means you're following Him. And if you're following Him, you're going to be right in the plan that He has for you. There, you're not going to have to deal with certain things that people that aren't listening to Him are. Because the, the, the best place you can be is right in the center of His will. 
If you can just know what God is saying to you, man, you have it made. You can know, well, here's the answer over and over. You see that in the Word. They, they face a situation, but God will lead them and guide them and help them show them what to do. So Jesus is saying here, the sheep hear His voice. Look at verse 3 again. To Him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear His voice. Number one, we hear Him. Where are you going to hear Him? In your heart, in your spirit. Not going to bear witness with your head. So you might have a thought that that's crazy. No, you're looking in your heart. Your body might not want to do it. No, you're looking in your heart, but you hear him. Not talking about an audible voice. Don't go try to listen to, for voices. Okay? You're not listening. Could God speak to you in an audible voice? Yes, he's done in the word. You don't go seek that. This is the way he leads you, is he leads, leads every child by your heart. He will lead every. We said, we saw in Romans that... Um, he, those that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. This is how he leads his children. Could he choose to speak to you in an audible voice? Yes, but you don't seek it, and that's the exception. But you hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Everybody say, I know his voice. Know. Say it again, I know his voice. So you may feel like, I don't know his voice. You're saying it by faith. Say it again. I know his voice. I know his voice. So see, if you put yourself into a position, you're getting closer and closer. You're, you're saying, I know it. You could, you could have made, this is the, the, the time you need to say that the strongest is when you feel like you've made mistakes the last three decisions you made. Then you need to say, I know his voice. In other words, you are speaking what the word of God says, and you're saying, I hear him. He's leading me. I'm being led. And your mind will go, your mind will go to you. No, you just messed up three times. You don't have a clue. You say, shut up. I hear God. I know God. Shut up, mind. I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to the word. He's getting across to me. You put yourself in that position. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will help you. Don't go by what you see. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. Another thing. You don't, you see, you're full of the spirit of God. You're, just know you're not going to listen to something that's off. Don't be concerned. I'm going to listen to the wrong voice. Jesus said we could hear. So you, that's your confession. I can hear him. I can hear. I don't listen to the stranger. I don't listen to the wrong thing. And if you look on the inside, if you look to the word, let the word be your guide. You cannot go and have a relationship with God apart from the word. I'm going to say that again. You cannot have a relationship with God apart from the Word. Jesus is the Word. You cannot leave the Word of God in the dust. Thank God for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for His presence. But if we cannot live just without the Word and go off, that's how people get into the ditch and get into error. We have to have the teaching of the Word to keep us grounded, to keep us strong and secure, and to know what's Him and to know what's not Him. Did you hear me? It's the, we're taught at Rhema. I'm so thankful. It's the Word and the Spirit. It's the Word and the Spirit. Okay? All you have is Word all the time. You don't have any, you know, you're not flowing with the Spirit of God or manifestation of the Spirit of God. You get dry and crusty and you get legalistic and religious. But if all you have is that you just think you have experiences with God all the time, and you don't know the word, and you're not grounded in the word, and you're not hearing the word taught, you will get flaky, you will get in excess, and you will get into error every time. But if we have both, you put the word first every time. You put the word first. You don't put somebody's philosophy. 
or teaching. It's got to be grounded in the Word. We have to go back to the Bible. It's not a, if I say something and you can't find it in the Word, then you throw it out. I don't care who it is. You throw it out if it doesn't agree with the Word of God. But we have to put the Word first, and then we have the Spirit of God. And we don't squelch the Spirit of God, and we don't leave the Word behind. And if we do that, man, we're going to be on track. We'll have what we need from God. We'll, be know, we'll know what the Word of God says. We'll be strong, secure. We'll have the right teaching, and we'll be spirit people that flow with the Spirit of God. But we know when things are in order. When they're not in order, we know when to do what. Because how, how do you know it? You're led by the Spirit of God. You're full of the Spirit of God, so you're in tune with Him. You're full of His Word, and so you just walk strong, stable. You don't get pushed off by every wind of doctrine. You don't get pushed off by the doctrines that come up every 20 years, 30 years. Seems like they come around quicker now. But, you know, things, things make cycles. They come around and, you know, then they're on YouTube or whatever. People are like, hey, I have this new revelation. Not new revelation. We can go back 25 years and the same thing happened. It was just called something different. People think, oh, no, this person has a new revelation. You're not going to get any new revelation outside of the Word. And if it's outside the Bible, it's too far out. I don't care what people say that they see, manifestations, how supernatural. The devil's supernatural. And he can push things, and he can make things happen. Ooh, look at this. This must be God. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Look at the Bible, how many supernatural things that were not God. No, we need to know what the Word says, and we need to be grounded. Ooh, I saw an angel. Are you sure? <laughs> what did the angel say? If the angel said something that is outside of what the word would say, it wasn't an angel, not from God. Fallen angel, maybe, but not God. Let's look at John, uh, let's look at verse 7. Now let's skip down to verse 10. It says, the thief, thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So that's what the devil does. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It says, but a hireling who is not the shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Jesus is the good shepherd. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, talking to Israel, talking about the Gentiles that would come in, which is us uh, for the most part. Then, them I also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Notice, they will hear my voice again. Let's skip down to verse 27. Again, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Just look at that verse. How many of you would say, I'm, I'm a sheep, I'm, Jesus is my shepherd? Then it's, he's speaking about us. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, so he knows us, and they follow me, we follow him. So you could say, Jesus is my shepherd, he knows me and I follow him. And that's a good thing to know, good thing to say, good thing to meditate on. Verse 28, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father. 
my, my Father's hands. So we know Him, we can follow Him, and if we're there, if we're walking with Him, there is nothing that can prevail against us, nothing that can snatch us out of His hand. We're in the Father's hand. And so you don't want to be somewhere else. You want to be full of God. You want to be full of the Spirit. You want to be full of Him. So you, He says something, you can hear Him. He says something, yes, sir. Like somebody said, you want to be following so close to him that if he stops, you know, you're going to bump into him. Why do you want to be far away from him? Why do you want? We don't want to. We want to be close. We want to be close to him. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So we want to... We want to make sure our spirits, our heart, is in tune with Him. As we are, then we're going to be able to discern what's Him, what's not. We're not going to lean on our own selves. We're not going to lead on our understanding. We're not going to lean on what somebody else says. We're going to See, we need to know God's going to prompt us in our heart. He's going to bear witness with our heart. That means what you're looking for when you're being led is a quickening on the inside, is a quickening in here. So you could be, if you got to make a decision, you could be doing research. Research is fine. You could be talking to people. Talking to people is fine. But what you're looking for to be led is a quickening on the inside here, is a bearing witness on the inside here. Somebody put it like this. Um, one of great illustration. We talk, we, we talk about this, you know, seeming like a, um, you know, a leading, um, just a soft, like velvety feeling on the inside, uh, a good, uh, you know, the leading of the Lord. It seems, it just seems good, seems good on the inside. And then a, um, something where you're not supposed to do it just seems like a scratchiness on the inside. Like, mm, no, don't you think about doing it? No, uh-uh, like a check, we would call it. Uh, we had a, there was a teacher that uh, we, we were at Rama and worked with the children for a while, and um, she would, uh, she used this illustration. She had made, to, to teach the elementary kids and the young kids, she had, uh, her name was Dixie, and uh, she had made two gloves, one glove, and it was big like mitten glove. And it was all soft and, and fuzzy on the outside. And, um, and then she made another glove, and it was rough and scratchy. And so she would give, put it in front of the children, have them feel it, the velvety one. And she said, that's what it feels like when God's speaking to you, when he's leading you in a way. When you think about going in a way, and it feels like that, that's the Lord speaking to you. You know, people call it an intuition, a conscience. Well, people have a spark of God on the inside of them. You can come up. And you can listen to him, and that's the way he's leading you. He'll lead you, and it'll be like, you think of a certain way, and it'll be like, mm-hmm, yeah, it seems good. Now, your head may be, what? But in the inside, you're like, mm-hmm, that's it. That's what you're looking for. Because, see, that surpasses. You cannot be deceived that way. People can con you. People can lie to you. Uh, have you found this out? Reviews can be wrong. People could have a good experience, but for you, it's the wrong product. Who's going to know all that? Well, you may find it out three months after you get it home and you realize, man, 
I thought this was good and it was working pretty well and it still works good, but it just doesn't work for my application. God will lead you in the smallest things. And when I, would, I learned some of that, when I, you know, one of the ways, you'll, God will show you different things, but, you know, just looking at stuff to buy or purchase, he'll, he'll show you, you know, you want to buy something, you really, you're itching to buy, I want that one, and inside, mm-mm. Well, if you make the wrong decision several times, you'll, you'll realize, you know, you, you, you got to check on the inside. Let me just say, finish the other thing with the, um, the gloves. So that, that was all the velvety when she'd have the kids go feel that. She said, that's the way the Holy Spirit, he speaks to you. It's warm, velvety like that. And then she would have the scratchy one. And she would give that and the kids were like, Ugh. Said, what is, and she said, that's when God's telling you no. It just is like, mm, no, yucky. And you, don't, you may not know why. You, you may be looking at the situation and go, this looks awesome. This is exactly what I should do in the mental. And on the inside, it's no, no, and it's scratchy on the inside. Don't override that. God is leading you. God is leading you on the inside. And if you're having to discern between your head and your heart, just wait. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I think it's, got, it's good anyway. It just looks too good to be true. Well, it usually is. Just wait until you know what to do. But, you know, like I was saying, you know, with purchasing something, you, you, you're going, it looks good, and it's like, you know, in your flesh, you want to get it. Don't have to raise your hand. Anybody, you wanted to buy something really bad, and you went ahead and did it, and you realized, shouldn't have done that. Well, you do that a number of times. You realize, I, I, I want to get this, I want to get this. But on the inside, you're like, no. See, this is a mundane thing. But you could ramp it up. You could say, who I'm going to marry? Something about it. Done, done, just it looks good on the outside. Friends are telling you you're nuts if you let that go. And you're like, it just doesn't seem. Do you know God knows through time and he knows what you're going to be doing and he knows what you're going to need and he can lead you exactly what needs to happen there? Yes. He knows. He can lead you with the right one. And so you, if you have a witness on the inside early, just say, I, I just don't see it. Move right on. But I would, I would look at stuff and be like, I want to buy that. Ah, I don't think I should. I mean, I'm talking, yeah, there's natural research and stuff, but I'm talking about on the inside, and I would do it, and then I'd realize, dummy, that's why. It was too late. I couldn't take it back. Well, you do that a number of times. You know, hopefully, I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to ignore that. I learned. You're looking for the thing that's quickening, that's velvety going, that's the one. That's what I'm, yep. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, you're talking about a job. You're talking about where to live. You're talking about buying a house. Any number of things, God will lead you. Well, you want to be full of God, full of the Spirit. Do you want to be, have a vital life connection? You don't want to be just cold and then you need to make a big decision. Go, okay, I better microwave. Okay, God, what do I need to do? What do I, I need an answer. This afternoon, they're going to they're gonna give it to somebody else if I don't. Be careful. That's pressure. And you, you haven't been listening to them and you're kind of far, well, and then be careful about trying to make it sound like what you want. Well, we got to have an answer. Okay, yeah, it seems good. Let's go. No, you want to be quickened because something may come up. You're not even looking for it. And you want to know, yeah, is that it or not? Yeah. yeah it seem, okay, seems good. Bears went, all right, let's go. Because you want to be full. You want to be hot. You want to be ready. You want to be ready to make the decision. What is that called? Being full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. Something comes up. You know, an opportunity, you're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. I'm not talking about being flippant. I'm talking about being led. You have an opportunity. Somebody comes up. They need help. You're talking to them. How are you going to know what to say? Well, God will give you the words, but how are you going to? 
You want to be connected to him. You want to be full. So like we read in Ephesians where Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, you're just connected with him. So you're, you're able to be a vessel he can flow through. Isn't that what we're here for? Talking about on the earth. What, what do we do? We, we want to be vessels that he can flow through. All the other stuff that we do, you know, working a vocation, we're going through the natural things, we're cleaning our house, we're mowing a lawn. Yeah, we're, we got to do all those things. But the reason we're still on the earth is because there are people that don't know him and there are people that need to come up in him, including us. And so we're walking it out and it's all about him. So we want to be, how are we going to be effective at that? We're going to be full of him so we're able to make the right decisions, go where we need to go and do what we need to do and let him flow through us. And then he gets all the glory. Amen.